for me, I don't need to make a million dollars a year with a side hustle. I don't need to achieve a million followers on Instagram or something. I don't need to even make a movie or something that gets in theaters. What's truly important to me is to have the people that know me and love me know that I am there for them, that I'm taking responsibility for the things I need to take responsibility for. Hey, welcome to Building Bigfoot, the podcast about building yourself and your business profitably. I'm excited to introduce Sam McLaughlin. Sam is a friend of mine. I've known Sam for many years, and I have got to sit on the sidelines many times and watch this guy. He is one of the most talented people you'll ever meet. He is a very talented musician, a talented writer. Uh, He's written books, and most recently, he wrote this journal yearly, and I have been using it and loving it. And so I'm very excited to uh, introduce Sam to you. And you can hear about the journal. But first, let's kick off and say, okay, Sam, tell us a little bit about yourself, um, you know, your aspirations becoming a basketball star. And uh, (laughs) (laughs) hockey star first, hockey star first. Yeah. And, uh, you know, and and Sam is actually very, yeah, very talented sports have played, uh, you know, just recreationally with Sam, uh, a lot of different kinds of sports. But uh, yeah, we'll probably touch on that stuff too. But yeah, kick off, introduce yourself, and then we'll go from there. Yeah, man, you're such a good cheerleader. I love it. You've always been a good cheerleader for me, encourager. That's one of your spirit animal gifts is encouraging. Um, I love that you're doing this now. That's such a cool project. You got. you got such a great podcast voice too. You just jump right in there. That's great. Um, yeah, so we've been friends for a long time. I think one of the things that I discovered in high school was that I am a creative and I have a creative drive to create. I also have a connection drive. I love to connect with people. I love to encourage them and see what they're doing. And so I've always been interested in how can I mix my creative energy with connecting with people and encouraging them. And I've also had, you know, I'm a three on the Enneagram. I want to be an achiever. I want to show people that I'm worth something. I want to make something cool and get applause. It's funny because I have a a one-year-old daughter and we (laughs) clap for her when she goes on the potty (laughs) and when she walks and takes her first steps and when she does something right. And she just loves applause. She lives for that applause. (laughs) And I can see that (laughs) in myself for better and for worse as well, that I've always been like trying to create in order to get that applause. And there's a part of me that is just, um, that craves it. And the part of me that is recognizing that craving and learning to find validation in smaller things like the encouragement of a friend like you or from my wife, uh, rather than craving the applause of thousands of people, the crowds, you know. Um, And I've had some moments where I felt that moment fleetingly, whether it was when I gave a TEDx talk here locally or. Um, when I my movie came out uh, that I directed, or when I released some of my work, uh, I worked, for instance, on this CrossFit show. So something you didn't mention is that I am a full-time filmmaker, documentary filmmaker right now, and have been for about 10 years. And that's where I found my creative energies were best applied, because as much as I loved doing music or I loved writing, People weren't really spending money on that stuff. It wasn't a very good career choice, but I found that filmmaking was this great mix of my ability to connect with people and be creative and be technical 
and provide a skill or a service that was in need as YouTube and internet video became a thing over the past 10 years. So um, I found a little bit of success in that, but I've even found that to be maybe not the most healthy career path over the long run because you're still chasing views. You're still sort of chasing achievement um, instead of just being concerned with, you know, your message. Although I'm sort of finding my middle ground there, but that has led me to basically believe that I can make uh, just sort of this idea, which is, which I think we all wrestle with nowadays, which is that we can make something great. If we have the tool, we have the tools to make something great. We have the ideas and it's possible in this day and age to make something. But then now everybody's making something and you see this with AI, like everybody's like, oh, you can use AI to make stuff and sell it. And I feel a little bit, I'm not sure what I think about that because you're losing some of the actual human creativity behind things. And eventually everyone's going to be making masterful artwork through AI, but is it really creativity? Is it really teaching us to be creative or is it just manipulating that? Is it using other people's creativity to make something that looks creative? Anyway, that's a whole other discussion we could get into, but. Yeah. Imagine Andy Warhol in the AI world. Like, uh, it just, it it boggles the mind, but I think there's going to be AI or human verified. I think artwork is going to be, there's going to have to be some aspect to that coming soon. But one of the things, um, I I also forgot to mention. So, uh, Brett Sikowski, he's a, uh, you know, well-known, uh, Brent uh, Sikowski. Vakowski. Everyone gets his name all. He's got, he's got a hard name. Anyways, he's, Brian he's, he's, a, he's, he's a, uh, a CrossFit star, right? And uh, I think he was, I, I was, the last I checked, I haven't checked since, but he was in the top five of the CrossFit games right now for the world, which is pretty impressive. A week a week ago, he came fourth. Yeah. Yeah, that that's, that's super impressive. And uh, Sam actually did a uh, documentary about him. And, uh, so, which is really cool. So if you ever want to watch him and you want to watch a documentary, uh, you, you can probably find that documentary on YouTube, I think. Yeah. If you search Brent Fakowski all in or CrossFit all in, you should be able to come across it. We, we went really, at first I had no interest in doing a CrossFit documentary, not really into CrossFit, not that into fitness, Thought this is going to, this is a terrible idea to make a documentary about CrossFit. So we just went really funny with it. And he's known for being really serious. Like everyone thinks he's really serious, but he's actually quite funny. And so he went along with a lot of the gags and the humor. And every episode, it was, what gag are we going to do this time? Are we going to do a meme song? Or are we going to do something where he's acting? And we did a whole like 80s pump up intro, uh, like Rocky style montage for one episode for season three. And, uh, and I also worked with Pat Bellner, who's, who came second last week who's come second at least three times, maybe four. Um, he's, he's just probably one of the most <laughs> consistent second players. You should get him. <laughs> he's going to write a book one day. First loser. <laughs> the first loser over and over again. Uh, but he's also hilarious. Uh, and so we had a blast. We did three seasons of the show All In for TELUS. And that was a really interesting peek into a different world for me, which is something interesting about being a documentary filmmaker is you get access to these different worlds for a season and you get to be right in the thick of it. And it's so interesting to see people, whether they're high level CrossFit fitness athletes or they're park rangers dealing with cougars in the wild, or you're in Africa in a slum with a boxer 
or you're with Team Canada at the World Juniors playing hockey. Like I've been able to see these different really interesting worlds. That's uh, yeah, no, that's that's super interesting, and uh, and it's it's a lot of fun too. Like so, Sam Sam's definitely gonna be a candidate for the world's most interesting man one day because uh, no. the places, the things you've done, it's so it's it's a very interesting story. Um, and I, I have a hard time keeping up with you, which is, and I'm obviously your friend, but, uh, it's just, it's cool. It's cool to see. So you've touched on a bunch of things, which I think are worth diving into for a second. So you come across, I would say as a very, um, you, you kind of have like a, it's, it, you know, you don't, you don't try to impose your yourself. You're not the guy who comes into the room and yells or like, like, Hey, everybody, I'm here. So it's interesting to hear that like how much affirmation as an encouragement is, is a, is a huge uh, core need of yours. And uh, even like, I remember years ago you recorded uh, your first um, uh, song or uh, album <clears throat> and you wanted the cover of the album to be muted. And that was like a big thing for you. And, and I, <clears throat> my voice found that interesting because it seems like in, in one you're not showy, if that makes sense. So for a person who loves to um, the the feeling and satisfaction of having done something well, uh, you aren't one of those people who comes across like you're you're very needy, and I think that's a very healthy thing. Um, but how do you how do you play that when life isn't always validating? <laughs> mm-hmm. You know, how, how do you sustain the momentum and the energy when that's a core driver of yours? Great question. I'm really interested now later in life and i'm sure a lot of your listeners would be interested in the art of self-validation sort of the art of motivation or positive self-talk and so even you think about crossfit they are the masters of positive self-talk and so a key lesson that brent taught me was to focus on your lane Uh, Like not stay in your lane, but focus on your lane and your pace and what you can do well. And that the the interesting thing about CrossFit is that you can win the CrossFit games and never have a first place finish. So you have all these events over a weekend and the people that tend to come in the top five are the people that have the, the most good finishes, but they don't necessarily win. Like I don't think Brent won any events or Pat won any events but they'll come in the top five, top 10, every event. And they have this positive self-talk to be like, hey, as long as I do my best in this event and my best in the next one, and I do the best that I can, and I don't have a huge blow up and failure, I can succeed in the end. And I'm really learning to, how do I talk to myself? How do I develop positive self-talk and positive motivation and momentum so that I can keep achieving things and achieve things for myself, not in order to impress other people, but in order to keep my, um, my mojo high, I guess. And so that's when I guess we can come to the journal a little bit is because I found that I, um, like I got into journaling about five years ago, probably where I'm daily journaling my thoughts, even if it's just a few scribbles, I'm trying to get my insights down and sort through what I'm working on. But I started to think to myself like, oh man, what did I do last year or two years ago? Like, what did I achieve? Did I achieve anything? Did I work on myself? Did I grow in any way? Um, And I can vaguely remember, oh yeah, I think that was the year I like 
started working out more or started eating healthier more, but I can't really remember. And developing the ability to remember, to track, and then to draw from your previous experiences and previous growth to fuel your future growth is a very important practice to develop. Uh, say, hey, how far I've come to celebrate the progress that we've made. And so that's why I made the yearly journal. So I, a year ago or two years ago, my wife and I moved to Abbotsford to near Vancouver so she could get some work there. And I was coming off a bit of a slow year work-wise and she got pregnant. And so I needed to be present and helpful around the house. And my priorities shifted from traveling and doing these big projects. And I was actually developing a mental health for men documentary called Men Tell that I was pitching around on just basic uh, episodes on like friendship and social anxiety and fatherhood and personal growth. And like, how do we as men stop trying to compete with each other and start trying to encourage each other towards our goals is sort of the main gist of it. And uh, it didn't get funded. It was a huge, it got really far down the, the line with TELUS, but didn't get funded in the end. So that was a huge disappointment. So I was wrestling with the disappointments of my work, um, but I, I, I needed a creative project to do. And I had really been interested in the idea of developing my own journal that had its own prompts and habit trackers and sort of the things that I wanted to see in a journal because I can get by with a blank page for a while, but it's really helpful to kind of fill in the blanks sometimes. It makes me feel more organized when I'm filling in the blanks and there's already a template there and I have only so much space to write things. And one of the ideas that I had was to make a journal with weekly reviews because I often can't journal every day. Most people, most of the journals you buy today are like, they'll last for three months. They'll have every day you do your free day check-in, your post-day check-in. You, It's just like a lot of work to keep up on. And as soon as you have a few blank pages, you start feeling bad about yourself. And like, oh, I missed a few days. And like, oh, okay, now never mind. Whereas the yearly, you could, you could literally miss like a week or two and then just keep going. <laughs> um, so I took that year or a, a good chunk of that year and sat down and wrote, what do I really want in a journal that will help my mental health, that will help me track my progress? And, and it also gave me ideas for future journals as well um, about kind of how do I map my life? How do I chart my progress in different areas of my life? So I have dreams to, to have a journaling business called Life Maps. Don't steal it, please. Okay, go ahead, steal it. If you can do a great job, <laughs> just give me some credit. Um, but like Life Maps that that kind of take you through a process of, of learning about yourself and defining your goals and your priorities and then learning about what does progress really look like. So the yearly is the journal that I came up with. And that was uh, speaking to another problem that I had with most journals, which is that you have to have multiple journals in a year and they feel kind of disorganized. So I wanted one journal for one year that told me what did I do that year what did I work on? What books did I read? Um, what habits did I cultivate? And is centered around the idea of just checking in once a week. So it has 52, I'm showing it to you right now, 52 weekly reviews and 12 monthly reviews. And so at the very basic, you can just do it once a week, check in, answer three questions about your week, then do a look ahead to the next week. 
and once a month do a, a monthly review with what did I accomplish this month, basically, and what were my challenges and what did I learn? Um, and that way you have, so I actually have one that I did last year and now I can think to myself, okay, what did I do in 2022? Oh, I have no idea. And then I can look at it and be like, oh yeah, in October I was doing this and in April I was doing this and I was reading this book and watching this show with my wife and here were some good memories from that time. Because I find that as I get older, time just starts to sort of, you know, it all melds together and you forget, what did I actually do with my time? And a lot of your memories get lost and I'm learning to celebrate memories. I need to write them down and to experience happiness. I need to be able to fully remember the great times that I have had and the progress that I have made. And so that is the point of the journal. Uh, Sorry, that makes that a lot, lot of sense. <laughs> so I use, it's funny, I use Facebook as a way of, of capturing memories. And so I will, I, like whenever I have a highlight in life, I post it on Facebook, but Facebook is inherently a social tool. And I don't always have memories that I necessarily want to share, but I still want to remember. And it's funny because like back in the day, I remember, um, this would have been in the nineties. I remember traveling, uh, and then you would literally have your film camera. You, you'd get your film camera, uh, you get your photos published, you buy postcards along the way. And I would write my journal and then I would put my photos in the journal, and then you'd have this story that was this this um, memoir of the trip. And I I love that uh, kind of thing because it was a great way to reflect and grow. But then also you have captured that experience. And your journal is doing the same thing. So I've got my my journal right here as well because I've been nice. you know filling out. And it's cool because you go back through the week, and you know I'm sure I'm not alone in this. I will go through a week. And I'm very focused on where I'm going. And if I don't take the time to stop and reflect, that week is a blur. I will forget that there were three or four things that I did that week. And so what's really neat is I just went, it's like, what's the week's most memorable moment? So I just wrote down. I was like, well, I went water slides with my family. And that was so fun. I, uh, I saw that on Facebook. That looked really fun. So Moni, she's six and like she didn't know stuff like this existed. And she's just like, this is insane, dad. Like you could just tell her mind was just blown. Um, but yeah, I had drinks with my buddy Vince. I haven't like he's a friend from mine in university. So I haven't seen him in like years and years and years. But it was great. Like connecting. And we had lunch. Yeah, we had lunch. This was this was a few down? weeks before. <laughs> oh, that wasn't that long ago. Maybe two weeks ago. Yeah, time flies, man. Um, then, uh, but yeah, I just I go through and I'm like, this is great. But so I've done a lot of journals in the past. So I've got my. Uh, I really like my. Um, uh, what are those called? Those uh, the skins, the moleskins. So I, I have like a whole shelf of like unopened moleskins. And it seems like when I go to certain events, I get given them, which I'm 100% cool with because I just keep them and I store them and I will use them. And then, but like you said, I have literally got probably three or four journals going at the same time. I have also been given more five minute journals than I can count. And I've tried the five minute journals. It just doesn't work for me. I, I just couldn't get into, it was too much, um, I, it, it's hard to explain, but it but it just didn't it didn't click. And maybe it was it was the fact it's supposed to do it five minutes every day, or maybe it's um it it just didn't work. It I I couldn't get into the five minute journals. And then like like you said, it's a three month thing, and it's um and I also have done the Darren Hardy um coaching. So I've gone through like some of his stuff, and he's got his own book that he sends you. And then uh, again, it just never worked for me. And so 
when I saw that you had your your yearly journal, um, to say I was skeptical would be like um, you know an understatement. And but I I picked it up and I'm going through the beginning. And as I'm going through it, it's I love how you broke this down. I I love it. I love it. I love it. Like so, you've got basically you got your intro which I really like is very helpful because you kind of describe exactly what the, the vision and the purpose and the philosophy behind it is. You've got some recommended reading, which I need to go and buy. You've got your habits and goal setting. Then you go through the review process. Um, and then here you basically start this, uh, the section where you go uh, self-assessment and you, and you score yourself on these different categories and you, you write down what your reflection on these different areas in your life are. So, how do you manage your energy? Um, do you have a good sense of what your strengths and weaknesses are? Do you, can you define your purpose and your priorities? And then you have optional reflection, which I used. And then you go into, you know, what are some projects or dreams you'd like to accomplish for the year? And you just have all these different questions, which I just found so helpful. And what I did is I took, I did this over like a few days. So I, I would write down like the first couple pages and then I would take a break. And let my brain kind of percolate. And then I'd pick up this book and I'd write down a couple pages, let my brain percolate. And then when you get to the part where you now have to go, it's like, what are some habits you want to learn and that kind of stuff? It was so easy to fill in the blanks because I had already gone through the beginning part and had gone through all the reflection process. And I, I anyways, I, I thought this was so cool. And then my favorite part about this that surprised me, this whole thing has been a surprise. Number one, I had no idea like how organized you are. And I love organized frameworks. Like this is so helpful. Um, is at the end of each section, you have to sign it and date it. And years ago, I many, many, many years ago, um, I shattered my knee uh, dirt biking. And so I kind of, I got out of shape. And so I wanted to get back into shape. And uh, I, I remember writing this, this piece of paper down and I just wrote down, I was going to exercise three times a week. I was going to you know run at least a kilometer a day or whatever it was. And at the bottom of it, I said, I'll do it for three months. And I signed my name and I stuck it on the fridge. And having that contract to myself, even though I was the only person who knew it existed other than my wife, and it was there on the fridge, I did it for myself, I signed it to myself, and I got back into um, into it. And it was that accountability that was there because I signed it. And I saw you put that there, and I was like, oh, that's so cool. Um, so I, I think this is the neatest thing. So yeah, where did this, how did you come up with this, and how have you done it so well? <laughs> well, that's what's so encouraging, man. You're such an encouraging guy. I feel a bit discouraged with it because to be honest, while I am, I organized this well, I didn't do a good job of like, like anytime you, I'm, I'm such a starter, not a finisher. And so I feel like the whole project has sort of been on the shelf for the past year or so as I had a baby and <laughs> moved into dad life was such a huge adjustment that most of my creative projects went on the shelf indefinitely till I can pick them up again. And I'm not very business minded. So if there's any listeners out there who want to partner with me to help get this out there to the world, um, I did a, a, a course on sort of selling your passion project on Amazon. And so I wanted to get it going on Amazon and promote it and stuff, but I just haven't had the time. Um, but I, I had wanted to reach out to, you know, some of these YouTubers that are into journaling or minimalism or, or progress and then either try to sell it through them or 
help them to make their own journal that is kind of similar and then just tweak it. So every YouTuber can kind of have his own journal that he's selling. And I'm making a cut from that as an idea. Um, but, but back to the, the journal itself and how I came across it, it was just things that I wanted to, cause I am very, I'm a creative, um, um, not very organized, quite scatterbrained. And I, I beat myself up about that when I feel like, Oh, you know, I've chased all these projects or chased all these habits or things I'm trying to do, but I didn't make any progress on them or I didn't finish anything. And I need to learn the art of finishing, but I also need to learn the art of uh, making, taking small steps towards something. So the journal, even just finishing it was a huge, like, this is something that I can make and I can finish and I can get out there into the world was a huge thing. And then it's something that can help me finish things by staying on task and learning to track my progress and be, you know what? be okay with not doing everything. Like at the beginning, you choose a goal for different areas of your life that you're going to work on. And, and part of that is sacrificing other goals and recognizing I can't do everything. And so for this year, I've learned to be a, a parent and be there for my wife. And that has led to playing less sports and <laughs> more stress eating <laughs> and letting certain <laughs> habits go. Um, where I can't do everything, but part of having the journal is being okay with, Hey, this is the point of this season that I'm in is to learn these lessons. And the journal kind of helps me come back to that and stay grounded in that. Um, while also saying how, how, saying, how can I improve in this area, improve in this area or track in this area or that area? Um, and you know what, to be honest, some things I don't fill out and some things, sometimes I miss a week and, Sometimes I don't do everything, but it's there for me to help organize my thoughts. Um, and the key to it, like to the listeners out there, the key that I was looking for was a journal that's not $50, that's not too expensive, that you don't have to buy every three months, but you can have one for your whole year that you can track your progress with, track what you were doing and just remember what you were doing, but also keep you on track. That was the point of it. Do you feel like that kind of comes across? I would I would say like the thing that for me comes across is that it puts my goals like front and center, but then it gives me a space where I can like you said you got the accountability there, but it's built in. So um, so on the habits piece here, you've got your habits, and then you just write down like five of the core habits you want to do in in a week, right? And then mm -hmm. you have your Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, and you just check off every day that you did that habit. And what I love about it is that you've got your habits right beside your reviews and it's right above what tasks do I need to plan and I want to focus on this week. And it's all tied into what was the big goal that I want to achieve at the end of the year. So I too have some big goals that are sort of like, I would say outside goals. So they're, 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 you know, um, they're outside of my my day to day, so there's always going to be those tornadoes, or there's going to be life, or um, uh, the, these different tasks. Like I'm a bit ambitious, I would say, in the sense that uh, you know you could maybe say naive would be a good word because it's like, but it's a, a chosen naivety. So when I was I was cycling with my buddies, um, I do a lot of road cycling, and my friends were like, say, oh, you're going to have a kid you know, have fun, your cycling's over. 
And I'm like, well, why? Why does it have to be that way? So I would, I would, um, I would sort of like mentally, I would challenge that, and I learned why. But it's, but I was like, but how much discomfort do I feel comfortable with? And am I okay with that discomfort? So I went and I bought the world's quietest bicycle trainer for real. I found the world's bike, like, so that when, as soon as I put my daughter to sleep, I could jump on my bike and I could ride my trainer. But the whirring sound was so quiet; it was soothing versus keeping her awake. Oh, that's great. You know, but like I would try to, I try to figure out stuff, and then I would. Um, so then we, you know, I've got my, at this point, I got a three-year-old and a new one-year-old and we decided to move and we're going to do a renovation and, uh, the renovation is going to take a lot longer than I realized. And I'm building a business and I'm trying Jeez. to train cycling and I'm like, okay, but why, why not? Why, why can't it be possible? Again, how much discomfort do I feel like going through and, and can I be comfortable in the discomfort? So that was sort of my 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 journey in that so i'm so i'd say i'm like naively ambitious and then um but in there one of the things is that it's actually pretty easy when you're very busy to lose sight of what the big goals are and the big goals are usually outside of the day-to-day responsibilities so the day-to-day responsibilities like how's the team doing are they okay do they have everything they need how's my wife how are my kids uh, you know, have I done my my cycling um, or my running or whatever it is? Kind of check all those boxes, but then I'm like, oh wait, I really wanted to get this other thing done. Do I have? Did I prioritize that? No, I forgot about it. But that's the thing that's moving me to the big outcome that I want to achieve in like the next five years or ten years or whatever it is. And uh, this book brings the front and center, like your journal, because at the end of the like, you're you're literally everything is like, you know, remember the moments. What did I accomplish? Uh, what was the biggest challenge? What am I learning? And then what are the five habits? And in those five habits, one of them now is going to be what's one of those things I want to do that's a bite size moving me towards the bigger goals. I love it. I think it's so good. So, um, you know, I, I can't say enough good things about it. I think it's great. For when you say in the journal, I have a question for you. You go, what is my statement of intention for the week? for the coming week. Can you explain that a little bit? Yeah, I put that near the end of your weekly review. So um, so the viewer knows you have a two-page weekly review you do every week and a four-page monthly review you do every month. And then there's even the options to do a seasonal review. Um, and then there's like the year the year in review. So at the end of the year, there's a bunch of questions. Hi, how did your year go? What did you accomplish this year? What were you learning? Uh, what were your favorite moments and memories? Like what were your best days? Uh, anyway, the, the point of the statement of intention is to think about, like I'm learning with my life coach um, that I, I can't do everything. I have to prioritize certain things in a given week. And for instance, this coming week, I have to show up and help with childcare because we don't have babysitting on three days of the five days during the week. And so I cannot prioritize finishing all my projects this week. So my statement of intention is to be fully present with my daughter there for her and to recognize that uh, the slow showing up for her is one of the most important things I can do with my life, not all the self-help stuff habits that I'm trying to do, um, but also to 
maybe there's a new habit I'm trying to cultivate, like encourage somebody every day, call a friend every day and encourage them, which is something I can do while watching my daughter. And that is something I can be intentional about this week. I think that we lose the power of intentionality often. We aren't, we try to, we, we try to be intentional, but we end up being reactive. We just react to the world around us. We react to things. And how can I be intentional, but also mind like water with my reactions to the things that come along? So maybe there's something I read in a book that I want to be inspired by this week. Maybe there's a lesson that I'm learning that I want to keep learning. So it can be whatever you want, but the point is to be intentional about one thing that week and to write it down. This is the thing I'm going to be intentional about. And so maybe this is my standard for success for this week. Was I intentional about being totally present with my daughter or my wife, putting the phone away? Or is it I'm just being totally intentional about getting up at 6 a.m. and journaling? Like That is my number one focus. And if I screw up on the other stuff or I miss exercise or something, that's okay because that is the thing that I'm focusing on. So what is the one thing that you're going to focus on this week? That's amazing. I, well, one thing I'm reminded about you is you're, obviously you're an author. You're very good with words. And so you bring meaning to words in a way. So my statement of intention, it's, it's very good. So you're saying, you know, if you can live a week intentionally and you look back at that week and you say, okay, what am I proud about at the end of this week? It probably wasn't going to be a lot of the things that are going to be pulling our time, but it's going to be that one or two things that's uh, really going to matter. Like you say, spending your time with your your daughter, being intentional with her, for her. And, uh, <laughs> and when you're sleep deprived, that can be really hard, uh, you know? And so- Yeah, and when you're scatterbrained and you want to- do all these habits and read all these books and listen to all these podcasts and don't miss out on all these new things or creating all this stuff. Or for me, it's really just finishing things. Like I've got a half dozen projects that are unfinished on the hard drives and it's, I just want to start finishing stuff, you know, but it's, it takes a, it's like recognizing I made the decision to become a parent and that comes with sacrifice and the most important thing I can do with my life is to be present for my daughter, not to finish all these projects or make a million dollars in residual income every year. Or like I just scroll through Instagram and it's like, how to make this side hustle, how to make that side hustle. And I have to just recognize that that's not the season I'm in. Although this would be a cool side hustle if it took off <laughs> making journals. But Yeah, no, I think so. But the, um, you're right. And and maybe we could talk about that a little bit too. It's like, so society has got certain values. And um, and I, by, by what I mean by that is there are algorithms in social media that uh, prefer certain content because that content uh, gets engagement. And so we saw the big shift when TikTok came out. So TikTok comes out, all of a sudden, um, my YouTube stream changed. It went from me seeing all the people that I was subscribed to, to becoming more and more about entertainment. And so I was following all these people who were doing home renovation projects, who were doing, um, uh, who, who, you know, a whole, like a whole myriad of, of different topics, things that I was just interested in because I'm, there's an opportunity to learn something from them. And, 
all of a sudden my YouTube feed changed. It was like overnight. And it became more like talk show type content and, uh, you know, people doing crazy things off of like uh, bridges. And and I'm like, (laughs) this stuff's fun, Mm -hmm. but I'm not learning anything from them. You did send me a pretty fun video of Norwegian belly flopping or something. Yeah, (laughs) that's death timing. And it's so fun, right? Like, um, because you look at that and you're like, this has got to become an Olympic sport. Like, it's insane. So basically, these guys are on 20 meter high dive boards. And their whole thing is like death diving. It's like high diving, but on steroids because it's it's like people are like flailing their bodies. And then just (laughs) two seconds before they hit the water, they're like cats. They get into this like position and it's not a dive position. It's like something different where they get their like their head down and their feet down or whatever. And they hit the water and you're like, that looks crazy. Um, Totally something I would, I probably done in my youth just because of like bailing badly. (laughs) It's definitely something we would have tried 20 years ago. (laughs) Yeah. 20 years ago. I remember um, uh, getting on a diving board. Uh, It wasn't a super high one, like a five meter board in, um, in like our city and, uh, trying to do like, uh, I think I'd been doing like double front flips or double back flips or something. And I, and I did that, but I over-rotated. <laughs> and I just remember getting out of the water and just hearing like the silence followed by the, ooh. <laughs> it was just, my stomach was so sore. Uh, <laughs> anyway, oh, no, my back was my back. <laughs> it was, wasn't my stomach, it was my back. It was just good. But anyway, so, but that, that's a sport. It's a real sport. And you're just like, that's insane. Um, the point of that, though, is that as fun as it is, you know, and then there's other channels like Instagram and YouTube now has actually gone this way as well. Is like you said, it's like it's it's fast minute to famous. It's like um, everybody's trying to get their fast food to to fame and fortune. And I think there's a problem because like I was talking about before, I use I've always kind of used Facebook as a memory bank. But the last thing I'd want to do is um accidentally say that my life is the life right i don't like it's not i'm I'm trying to capture a moment because i want to go back to my newsfeed in 20 years and scroll down and see all of the photo banks of these different things that i've experienced i but the but i don't necessarily like instagram when i started using instagram i had no idea it was a social platform as funny as that is because i signed up right away as soon as they created it i was like looking for a photo editing tool and i found it on my phone i was like oh it's great And then all of a sudden people started liking my stuff and I was confused. And um, so I stopped using it because my point of it wasn't to be using it for social. I was just trying to um, get a task done. And the the concern I wonder is, and I'm sure you must think of it too, is like society has got certain values that it's projecting. And... um, and 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 it's, sometimes it's not done out of ill intent. It's just done because it's getting viewers or it's getting whatever. How do you navigate that world? Um, you know, in a, in a very entertaining world, in a very but also it's a little bit superficial. So how do you how do you get clarity of what your core values are through that journey? Oh, I mean, we are just living in a crazy time of infinite distraction. And I think I was thinking about uh, something Donald Miller said. He said, "Write your write your eulogy." And I've been I you and I recently were at a funeral of a mother of a really close friend of ours that we grew up with. My baby's starting to go nuts, so I might have to run to help with the baby, which is always the way. No worries. But um, 
but we were at this funeral and it got me thinking about my funeral and it got me thinking about who will be at my funeral and how will they remember me? Uh, what are the values that people will think? Oh yeah, Sam was, was this or Sam was that maybe he was an encouraging friend and he made time for people. Oh boy. She's really starting to scream. <laughs> Can you hear that? <laughs> Hopefully the noise canceling is going, but. Um, Anybody who's listened to this, I'm sure has empathy and recognizes this is the phase you're in. <laughs> yeah, one-year-old. She's just starting to have temper tantrums. Um, <laughs> anyway, I mean, this is an example, though. Is just like I'm recognizing the importance of long-term investments in relationships and the importance of doing hard things and committing to things for the long run, such as being a parent or such as being a good friend to somebody over the years instead of a quick flash in the pan friendship because we have a lot of things in common or business related, but how do you be a good friend over the long run and be there for people? How do you be someone who's consistent in their values? You need to know what your values are. You need to practice meditating on them, reminding yourself of them. And you need to understand that you can't be everything to everyone and you can't consume all the content. You can't do everything that is available to you. You need to prioritize certain choices and options and that is something I'm trying to do in my life. It's something that I'm trying to encourage people to do with the book is to recognize I can't do everything. I can't consume everything, but I can be focused uh, and be intentional about the things that are important to me. But I need tools and boundaries to keep me, to remind me of what I'm doing, to keep me in line and to keep me going down the track towards the destination of the person that I want to be and the things that I truly want to accomplish. And to recognize, hey, like for me, I don't need to make a million dollars a year with a side hustle. I don't need to achieve a million followers on Instagram or something. I don't need to even make a movie or something that gets in theaters. I can, what's truly important to me is to have the people that know me and love me know that I am there for them, that I'm taking responsibility for the things I need to take responsibility for, that I'm spiritually growing that I'm representing my faith well, representing my family well, and that I'm there for my friends and that I'm, I'm growing into an ever mature sort of person. Like, I don't know if you know Donald Miller, he wrote this book, Blue Like Jazz. He's gotten into the, the business side of things with, with his books nowadays, but he had this great, um, talk that he gave about God fathering us towards maturity. And he, he talked about how this kid wanted that he was staying with, he was staying with his family and the little girl wanted chicken nuggets for dinner, but the family wasn't having chicken nuggets for dinner. And they were, she was so upset. She threw this huge tantrum because she wanted chicken nuggets. And the dad's job wasn't to give her what she wants. It was to give her what she needs to give her a safe and stable home and healthy food. And she, for that, you don't need chicken nuggets every day. And so that's something that I am recognizing for myself is to not give myself what I want all the time, but to learn to give myself what I need and recognize that God is partnering with me, whatever you want to talk, uh, use in that language is developing me towards maturity by giving me what I need and not what I want. And journaling is a practice of coming back to remembering what I need, remembering who I am. Uh, remembering where I'm going and recognizing that the chicken nuggets are, they're going to be there, but I don't need to eat that every day. 
the YouTube, the social media, the money, the promise of fame will be there. And maybe that's something I can have one day, but it's not for me right now. And I can be okay with who I am right now. Yeah, that is so awesome, Sam. Normally I would, I'd put this right at the very end, but I mean, depending how long this will go, where can people get in touch with you? How can they find you? If they want to get one of these journals themselves, how do they get that? Let's say they want to support you in your creative journey. Oh, yeah, so good. Um, I'm charging $29 for a journal plus shipping. The shipping is kind of pricey, though. I can send two for the price of one, basically. So if you want to order two, you may as well. Is this Canadian or U.S.? Canadian. Canadian. So it's basically free for anyone in the <laughs> basically U.S. Basically free. <laughs> I don't know how much shipping is to the U.S. Probably like 20 bucks or something like that. But um, I, The more I ship, the cheaper it is. Um but, you know, I'd be happy to do a deal for your listeners of $25 U.S. or Canadian a book and um, plus shipping. They can reach out to me via email. I do have a website that I'm working on releasing and, and stuff that I'm working on releasing and Instagram and stuff. But um, they can just send me an email. You can put that in the show notes um, or they can follow me on Instagram and send me a note. I have all my documentary stuff there, my photography. Instagram's a great way to reach out. I go by SJ Finley for my Instagram and for all my filmmaking stuff. Finley is actually my middle name. Uh, my full name is Samuel John Finley McLaughlin, and Finley is easier to spell than McLaughlin, so I use it for all my filmmaking, directing stuff. So SJ, F-I-N-L-A-Y on Instagram. They can send me a note, and I can get their address and send them a journal. Um, yeah, and hopefully somebody hears this and goes, oh, I want to help Sam make this big <laughs> or into a huge business <laughs> and so i'm happy to hear from somebody who knows all about marketing and it's funny because even though i do video i just cannot get myself to learn facebook marketing and do those weird hooky videos <laughs> that, that get people in so uh, if they want to help me with that too that'd be great but yeah so good to chat i would love to chat again sometime get more into stuff but we need to do like a pre-meeting because we, <laughs> we stay on track. <laughs> this is no, this is great. I I think um I think I'm going to interview you for sure. We're going to have you on the podcast. Like this is great. I I love uh, and it's exciting to kind of hear <clears throat> to be part of the journey too. And this is what I'm I'm really looking forward is like next year when I get to have you on the podcast again and to hear like okay what's different you know maybe you'll have two kids maybe <laughs> <laughs> yeah <laughs> and that will be just okay <laughs> even if i make no progress and everything else <laughs> you know it's it's so funny so uh yesterday i was thinking about that analogy of the chicken nuggets and that's a really good analogy it's a good it's a good story because it's helpful i mean our my my daughters are again six and four and so the chicken nuggets thing is very um apt but then yesterday i was watching um my daughter and so we're we're going we're going to go up this tube ride and most of the tubes are blue and there's like a couple pink tubes and uh and she uh she's like oh i'd love to get a pink one i'm like well it'll depend on like the order when they fall or whatever but and sure enough she doesn't get a pink when she gets a blue one and she was a little bit bummed but you know we did the tube ride and then later that day we're like she wants to do it again so we're like so her and i we line up again for this tube ride and just by luck um, a pink tube is coming down her way and it's going to be on her, like literally she's standing right there and it's going to be hers. And the guy in front of her is like, sweet, a pink tube. And he trades his blue tube for the pink one and grabs it and then uh, disappears. And there's like, we look at like the lineup 
as she's coming downstairs. Um, we look at the lineup and there's like no, um, there's no more pink tubes coming. And so uh, we're, we're thinking like, okay, you know, I guess there's no, no pink tubes coming, whatever. Um, but as we're, we're walking up the, um, uh, as, as we're walking up the, the thing, like, you know, like that dad part of you kicks in and I'm like watching her and she's kind of like processing the fact that she almost got the pink one, but didn't get it. And she's kind of like, she's getting herself together and she's like, okay, I'm okay with this. And we get to the very top and I said, why don't you ask that guy and just see if he would trade it for you? Um, and she's like, no, I don't have the courage. I, I can't, you know, you, you say it. And I was like, oh, I, I, you know, I'm thinking, okay, well, you know what? This will be one of those moments. So I go up to the guy and I'm like, hey, are you cool if we trade your pink one for this blue one? And he's like, oh, I was really like stoked on the pink. <laughs> it's like some, some dude. So, and I'm like laughing to myself. I was like, he really wanted this thing. Uh he's like yeah for you i would and so he did he traded he gave it to her and i was like oh that's cool that was one of those moments where she she didn't she was okay with it you know what i mean she she didn't like like make a scene or anything she was okay with it she was bummed but then at the end was like mm-hmm. a surprise and i'm and I'm, gra- I'm glad we got that experience but man it is uh that. exactly that like how do you how do you raise kids this will be, be, be another question later but like how do you raise kids in a world where um yeah just so that because you want them to develop strong character. You also want to be a great parent. So you want to, to be there for them. Um, but then in a way that allows them to build the, um, the fortitude, the resilience. Yeah. So they can be successful irregardless of what life hands them, you know, yeah. cause you life have to do life it for yourself sword. first. You have to yeah. do it to the inner child first. <laughs> then you can take them along that journey. Like, oh, I really wanted that tube too. I really wanted those chicken nuggets. I really wanted that million dollar side hustle. <laughs> Instead, I had you. <laughs> <laughs> I was listening to this comedian. <laughs> I was listening to this comedian talk, and he's like, he said his sister's having a kid. And so he turns to his brother in law and he pulls up the phone. And they're in the hospital, and he's like, He's like, just Google is like, how much is a cost to raise a child? And he's like, oh, look at this. Do you see, you could have bought yourself a Ferrari. (laughs) He's like, how do you feel about that? So he goes to his own dad and he says to his dad, he's like, dad, would you have sold me if, or like traded me if you knew that you could have got a Ferrari? And he's like, no, no, not for a Ferrari. I would have done it if I knew I could have got a Toyota Corolla. Uh, <laughs> Anyways, I, I should go help with the family, but it's so good chatting with you, man. Man, Sam, enjoy your day and best of luck with this. I so pumped on this, and I think this journal is the coolest thing ever. And uh, I'm excited to see what you come up with next. But yeah, hopefully somebody in, who's listens to this has got the the you know e-com marketing background that just thinks I can make this thing fly. And uh, who knows? And I'm happy to send the PDF of the journal so people can check it out because. I don't really care. If they want to print their own on their own paper, that's totally cool with me. <laughs> but it's, yeah, but this one in, in your hand, it feels good, right? It looks good. It feels good. It's got a cool cover. That's awesome. So, yeah. I love it. Great. And the name's okay. great. All right. Yearly. See you, man. Yes. Okay. See you, John. Keep it up. Keep up the good work. Let's go.